Welcome back to another episode of The Wolf's Den with me, your stand-in host, James Kelly, General Manager of Enterprise Fitness. And today I am joined with Tyrone Foligno, Enterprise Master Coach, and Matt Crooks, Enterprise Senior Coach. And today we are going to discuss strategies for overcoming injuries. Now, that's with people who might be athletes or it could be with people who are just general population clients as well. I think at some point, everybody is gonna suffer some kind of injury. So today we just wanna discuss a few aspects of how to deal with that and how to get back on track with your training or competition. So gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. I think where I would like to kick this off is discussing the initial mental frustration when you're hindered by an injury. And Matt, I obviously know this is something that you have good experience with, having had quite a serious injury recently. Let's hand over to you and discuss what your thoughts are around that mental aspect initially. Yes, obviously it's hard. Like I ruptured my quad, what, 13 weeks ago. The first initial thought was, okay, this isn't great. But they're more sitting down with the sports doc and everything like that and telling them that you've got a two and a half centimetre tear through your tendon and you're going to have to get surgery. Yeah, it's hard. Realistically, I didn't want to, and I've told many people this, I didn't actually want to go to training. Didn't want to watch football, didn't want to go to training. Didn't really feel like coming to work. Purely just because the injury played that much of a toll. And playing my sport is a big part of my life. I've been doing it since I was young. And same for anybody that does something for a long period of time. It's frustrating. But I think the most important thing that you do is, I said do, the thing, important thing that you do is that you focus on going to those things. So still spending time with people, talking to people, keeping yourself busy because realistically, if you don't, then you're just going to fall down that hole. So it, yeah, it's frustrating, but you've just got to deal with it and just be like, okay, it is what it is. So yeah. It's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm still going to have a doo-doo. Yeah, I know, it's funny. What do you think was the biggest step in the right direction for you once it initially happened and you obviously had all those feelings of probably frustration, anger towards the injury? What was the next step in terms of you starting to progress forward from that point? I think it was more the support that I had from you guys at work. Uh, what other environment would you want to be around? Mm -hmm. So realistically, people that are just trying to get the best out of you and then people at work and then family as well. And then obviously my physio. So realistically, starting to get on that to that process, as soon as I had surgery, it was like, okay, this is your plan. Set out a, play, a plan in place to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do step by step, week by week. And it was basically just like sitting down, standing up to a box like no weight whatsoever. So the first six weeks initially I had to do weight. It was no weight. And so just body weight stuff. And it was real basic. Something that wasn't going to irritate my quad. But realistically, it was just trying to understand at the start why it happened. So obviously you've got controllable and uncontrollable injuries. So like controllables are more of yeah something that isn't impact or like an ACL where it's okay you're by yourself and you've just okay done your ACL whereas you've got your con sorry that you're in controllables and you've got controllables being more of you know muscle injuries where it's like mine for instance I think that could have been controlled maybe it was something that 
football or something recovery wise where it's impacted my my Maybe body like lo load management load type management type thing. of thing where it's impacted me but essentially having the family people at the gym my physio just helping me along the way and understanding okay this is what we're going to do and just being able to talk to people i think that's been the most important thing is just talk communicate you were still training you trained your upper body what was how did you overcome that mental frustration from not wanting to do anything not wanting to be around anyone to going okay and then and this is like hats off to you i remember i saw you bench pressing and you had your legs up on a box and i was like what is this? stupid what is this guy doing but then at the same time I'm like you know what hats off like yeah. he's still training what got you to that point where it's like okay i just need to do what i can with what i got outside of rehab as well so that thing where it's it was just more it was like gym was my medicine so being able to just do something in the gym like i couldn't i think i could only do calf raises i couldn't get my left leg past i was training my right side um at the time but i couldn't do it was majority it was upper body and i could do some calf raises yeah. but it was just having that being able to just train in the gym and it was just man suck it up like it is what it is like you moping and just laying on feeling sorry for yourself that's not going to get you anywhere doesn't help nobody no it's probably going to make it a lot worse and that's going to put more weeks months onto the injury just okay this is what it is this is what's happened this is how we're going to overcome it and yeah. yeah i think that stage is part of the process but being able to snap out of that yeah as quickly as possible oh, is important so. and like i can resonate with maddie on this one having <laughs> suffered a very similar injury just in a different area a few weeks prior to him and those first few days like as soon as you do it it's obviously frustration anger those types of thoughts going through your mind and then honestly for me a couple of days after i was seriously considering just retiring from actually playing because i hit a point where i just had enough but then like maddie said speaking to the right people speaking to the physio speaking to the guy who was looking after my rehab at the time and actually taking a bit more of a step back and a bigger look at the bigger picture and then starting to actively move forward and put a plan in place yeah. as to what that return to play looks like was very important and i know we've obviously started this podcast off discussing what this looks like in in our situation from more of a sporting aspect but i'd like to just relate it back to whether it's one of our clients or one of our other listeners who might suffer from an injury setback that in their context that might be in relation to the progress they've been making with their goals whether it be weight loss muscle gain whatever it might be and it's something that's going to impact what they can do going forward with their training so it's not just exclusively about man and maddie's situation where it's more of an athletic standpoint like we want to discuss these things because it's probably going to be very similar things that people have to deal with regardless of whether they are playing sports or they are just your everyday gym goer who has had a setback from what they're able to do in the gym and i think one of the one of the things i'd like to talk more on which you mentioned there and tyrone hats off to you for was continuing to do something and i think one thing i've noticed when clients suffer from injury setbacks is the initial mindset is, oh, I can't do anything for this period of time, whether that's off their own back or whether a physio has given them that 
that feedback of oh no just do nothing for this period of time change it well, that's a good start oh. right i don't think i don't think that's a solution in any situation whether it's somebody who does have athletic endeavors or whether it's someone just looking to improve their health and well-being i don't think doing nothing at all is the way to go so do you think it's important to make sure that we set those people up with what they can do within their limitations based on the injury that they've suffered yeah 100% I think look something's better than nothing at the end of the day so if you're getting something in and working within your means I've had plenty of clients maybe a shoulder niggle or something with a back and the more you expect something to happen like an injury it's going to happen realistically if you're thinking oh you're going real slow on a deadlift on the way or like you're standing up and everything like that or or on your bench or something and it's and you're standing up and you're like like what are you doing I, it's gonna happen mm, if you yeah, think i think it's an old thing it was like and i remember andrew Locke saying this way back in it was like 2018 it was like people will touch they're like they push their front toe like mm. oh it hurts well stop touching it mm. yeah. if you if you're pushing and looking for something then you're gonna find it but i think Going back from both both your stories, and I think it's very relatable to our gen pop and just anyone in the gym. I think the two biggest factors that are going to help anyone is going to be one, having the right people surround you, and two, just doing something that is pain free mm-hmm. and what not related to, or it might even be related to your injury. It's I've got a shoulder niggle. Okay, I can do let's say it's a shoulder. I can do three kilo lateral raises without pain, but as soon as I go to four, like it hurts. It's okay. Let's just do three. Let's work with what you can do. Yeah. Let's just work, let's work with what you can do mm. rather than just avoiding it altogether. Mm. And I think going with that environment, surrounding yourself with the right people, whether that be the right coach, my physio, a Cairo, but a good one. And I think my opinion first and foremost on, on those respects is if you've got an allied health professional that says don't do anything or just sit and leave it, like that's not the right person. Because there's there's so much more. And there's a lot of studies coming out now that that are showing that if you work up until that pain threshold where it is, you're actually doing more benefit than not. If you look at, you even look at Mark, who tore his bicep. The bloke was still doing bicep curls on the torn bicep. (laughs) He had a 10 kilo in one hand and a one kilo or two kilo in the other hand, right? Yeah, because (laughs) it it was working towards that pain threshold. And did it make things any worse? No, if anything, it made it better. And obviously the severity of the injury is going to be determined on what is going to determine what you can and can't do. Yeah. But at the same time, if you've got a broken leg, you can still do bicep curls. Hundred percent. And that's that that's going to be better than nothing. Yeah. And how many times you look at the you, know, you look at the Olympia stage, and they've got bodybuilders in wheelchairs these days. Yeah. What's your excuse? You got a little get a little niggle. These guys can't move their legs, yeah. but they're still doing something. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I've had clients who have maybe broken hands or broken fingers and those types of things. And it's, we can still train lower body, that's for sure. But even utilizing things like cuffs and Tuffs. whatnot, where there's no need for yeah. actually gripping anything. Like that, right? like that one time when we only had one set of cables and I had that client who had a broken finger. I was like, all right, we're spending all your upper body yeah. day at the cables. And it's just, yeah, utilizing cuffs. I think I've, I think I've even put straps on, on the cables and just, let's just do one arm rows. Yeah. yeah how, what can we do? And that's, yeah, same thing. Yeah. And I think, That's why I wanted to start with the initial mental challenges because, again, I think the stage of getting back to doing something can also be a bit of a mental block for the individual. And what I mean by that is it's always easier to do nothing or think it's too hard to try and do something right. But when you you start to trust the people that you surround yourself with, whether it be your coach, your physio, 
like you you reiterated before to put a plan in place that will allow you to start to do something and start to make some kind of progress that's really important and trying to get beyond the mental challenge of oh it's going to make it worse or I think that's probably a common one. Oh, if I do X, like it's on, it's not going to be beneficial. And helping people try and overcome that initial mental block of trying to start doing something again. And I think going on that and people thinking that doing something related to the pain or the injury that they think they have. How many times do we get people in with lower back issues? Mm. And it's like, okay, you're going to do a back extension mm. and you're going to do some deadlifts. And like, what? That's yeah. Cool. Because that's how we're going to strengthen not only your glutes, hamstrings, but also those erectors that surround your back. That's I think that's a big thing as well. It's just is it is fear. It is yep. fear, and I think people over they give too much to the fear in terms of if I do a deadlift poorly, I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. So no, your spine's make, meant to flex to some degree. Our bodies are much more robust than people. Yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, Matty, you tore your quad. Man, I'm like, like you, if I do it again, I'll do it again. Yeah, but you, but you, yeah, you had surgery. It's pulled back together. Yeah, yeah, it's been a hot, long, arduous road so yeah. far, but it's fixable. Exactly. And, and what, if I give up and, okay, sweet, I'm 24, just give up and I'm not going to play again. It's, what's a, like, it's still stuff. Like, if I forget all the rehab and don't do the rehab and don't do something, well, I'm still going to be in the same spot as I was 13 weeks ago. And I think on that, we see people often who come to us who might have suffered a serious injury many years ago and they go oh yeah i didn't really do the rehab that i should have done mm. and we can see the physical limitations that it creates way further down the track in terms of what they can and can't do so i think it is really important to seek the right advice in terms of okay what can i do now to start making improvements and help me start to rehab this injury correctly even if it's just to get back to some level of normal function right Hundred percent. Yeah, I've got many clients, especially one that did his knee, did his ACL, and he didn't do the rehab in the past. And on the line, like, oh, you look at on the kneel and like, oh, I can see straight away with his going into knee flexion, like struggles, like on his left compared to his right, yeah. and that's purely just because he's not done his rehab properly in the yeah. past. He's done a little bit, but not the full extreme of it. So it's like, all right, this is scratching the surface. We start from point one. And then we're going to build you back up again. So, yeah. I think it's a very, it's probably more common than it should be that people suffer from bad injuries and they might go to a physio and the physio prescribes a few exercises to get started and they might do them for a couple of weeks and then they drift off and then they don't really revisit the physio because there's no bigger overarching goal that they're trying to get back to achieve. And so they just let it drift away and just deal with it. And, this isn't necessarily a plug for people to come and train with us, but I think it's important to then go and seek out the right professionals who are going to give you the guidance over a period of time to help you properly come out the other side of that. Like I said before, if anything, just having reasonably normal function of whatever the area is that's been injured yeah. in the first instance. But I think on that physio aspect and they get given or rehab or whoever it is where the person gets given a set of exercises to help regain that. It's generally to regain that any range of motion that they've lost, but then they've missed that that critical component of then putting weight back through the joint or the tendon yeah. or the muscle, where it is, because at the end of the day, 
like you do you need you need weight bearing exercises in order to progress in order to make it stronger again so you don't do the same injury yeah. at the end of the day yeah and spot on with what you said you might be using a band for rotator excess rotator cuff injury or something like that but then essentially you've got to put some load through it that's going to be more than just you utilizing a band it all works on a continuum and i think exactly that's at some point you do have to start to build that base level strength back up in that area and look there's obviously some injuries that are more more challenging to deal with than others from a severity perspective and there might be some limitations that we might need to work within so let's say i've got a client who's got who's had back surgery a couple of times so there's certain parameters that we need to work within but we have an understanding where if he does feel anything is causing any issue he'll let me know and we'll make adjustments where necessary but we've got him to a point now where we've built his base so wide from a strength perspective of not just the lower back but the glutes the hamstrings his ability to brace properly that when we put him in those movements that may have previously felt like he was unsafe he now doesn't even have a second thought about doing them because he knows we've built out the strength and all the other other areas that we needed to support the past injury you've actually you've got another one in a similar position where they've got a spinal condition and at the same time i can say that you guys are deadlifting you guys are remaining deadlifting yeah. bent over rows yeah. there's you've built that base and that that base level strength so low so wide and, and it's one of those ones where you might look at it from a distance and go doesn't look completely right but for that person that it is yeah, and it's again and she's this client is excelling and makes progress and, and gets really pretty strong yeah 100 and uh, gets a bit of competitive so competitiveness <laughs> from other, some other clients that we get in at the same time so yeah it's all about building that base level strength and then progressing from there at the same time but in terms of i think what we can look at next is pre you know preventative measures which is really what the, basically the same thing having that base level strength and doing weight-bearing exercises to strengthen joints, tendons, muscles, even bone density to help prevent those injuries actually coming on. Yeah. So what would you say is the best, what would either of you say that would be your non-negotiables in order for injury prevention? Oh, injury prevention. I don't know if I'm the guy for injury prevention. <laughs> <laughs> I realistically, and this comes back to, look, I don't think I am, to be honest, either. I've had too many injuries, but I think no, that's... I think with the nature of... Seeing as I'm O and O for uh, injuries. I think, I think, I think with the nature of what we do, there's, it's there's gonna a happen. higher chance. I've had, yeah. chance, yeah. I've right. had enough. I think we've had enough injuries to be able to go, all right, yeah. these are preventable measures. And I think it goes back to understanding your client and the stresses that they have outside of the gym as well. Because realistically, that's going to play a toll on their body as well at the same time yeah. and understanding... And it might be, a, whether it's client, athlete, whatever, at the end of the day, if they've got kids, work, super stressful, just understanding your client because then us programming them in the gym, how much sleep they're getting is then going to impact what we're going to program them in the gym, realistically. We're not going to chuck them through giant sets if they're getting two, three hours sleep. I've got one in particular, yeah. she works in ICU and she's come a long way, obviously during COVID. She hasn't had any injuries, but... It's more from the standpoint that she'll come in and she'll come off a night shift and she'll be super tired. And I'm not taking her through a tough workout. I just got a tough workout like program at the moment, but I'm like, let's just get you moving, get you through something. And that comes back to 
understanding your client. Because realistically, if I did chuck her through those giant sets or quad sets or whatnot, or something like that, something yeah. with high volume, realistically, that's just asking for an injury. So, yeah. So a bit of understanding on where you are at that particular point in time and going, okay, listen, just listening to your own signals. And building that base level strength. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing as well as understanding your client because if you're not strong enough, then realistically, you're just going to get injured more often. So Yeah, I had a very similar conversation with Jacka a few days ago, a very similar situation where he had one of his clients in a strength block, but then his life got very stressful and he had all these other stresses going on. Yeah. And Jacka just pulled him out of the strength block and went into something that was a lot more stripped back and a lot easier because for exactly that reason, if you keep pushing and keep pushing, eventually something's likely to break, break right? That percentage chance goes up massively. Might not even be an injury. It could be like it, if it's high, if you're high stress and then you know, you're cooking your nervous system by doing strength block, it, it might be like you just get sick. Yeah. Like there, there's always going to be the weakest link and the weakest link is going to be the first thing that breaks. So yeah, either way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. What do we think on the importance of nutrition in terms of recovery from injury? Massive calorie deficits. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, don't do that. No, massive. It's so important. I forgot your question. What was the question you, again? What, <laughs> nutrition. I forgot your so question, but it's massive yeah, and important. Yeah. So, so, well, well, yeah, on recovery the importance from of nutrition. Let's start with yeah. calories. Do you need to be in a... You no. Know, can you, should you diet when you got an injury? No. Put, Why? Uh, Why? Yeah. Realistically, like for your body to be able to recover, your body, so let's think about being in calorie deficit. That's just another stress on the body. You're injured, you're placing another stress on the body being in that. So let's put them baseline or even surplus, maybe baseline if they're obviously goals, fat loss, then put them at baseline. That's going to be more comfortable for them. That's going to provide them with enough nu nutrients to help with that recovery process. Obviously, protein is going to be important as well in that phase. And then obviously carbohydrates reduce stress levels, improve energy, and then your fats with any inflammation, then you can utilize supplements around that as well. I think that's key as well, is just remembering that in order to recover from an injury, you need to be providing the body with enough energy mm. from calories in order to, what's the word I'm looking for? In order to just move that energy and the amino acids into rebuilding that you need the raw spot. products. You need the raw, yeah, you need the raw products and the building blocks. Because at the end of the day, if there's not enough energy coming out, then it's going to slow everything down. So if not enough energy coming into the body, then everything else will slow down. And then that's including your recovery time. Spot. It's, it's a big one. And I think way too many times, how many times have we seen it where people will be, oh, I, don't, I need to lose fat. So let's just look after your injury first. Let's do one thing at a time. One th yeah, one thing, like, just one thing at a time. And it goes on to what we've spoken about time and time again. It's, let's, fix, let's fix one thing, we'll turn one knob, and then we can sort everything else out later. And if the injury is, if you're injured, then that's probably the biggest and most forefront thing that we need to focus on before everything else. Because you, you're not going to build muscle while you're injured because you're a constant stress in the body. You're not going to lose fat because you're injured. Your mental state's going to be, as you guys have already noted, in a poorer position because you're injured and you're in constant pain. Which means it's a lot easier to throw things like nutrition out the window and just yeah. do whatever. Yeah, and, if you're, and then if you're hungry and stressed and in pain, what are you gonna do? Super Eat what you want. Super inflamed as well from yeah. the injury but yeah. at the end of the day. So yeah. Then recovery just becomes less and less, right? Yeah. And that's when you can't just eat what you want. And just be like, oh yeah. And then you don't do your rehab. Stuff like, and then you don't do your rehab and then it just gets sloppy and then you don't know where to start and then you're back to it. And 25 years later, you've got eight. no range of movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. That's it. In terms of building confidence back for people in the gym once they've suffered an injury, 
What are your thoughts on the pain threshold that they should push to with the specific area that's injured to help them start to make progress with that injury? So what I mean by that is obviously, if we use your situation as an example, Maddie, there has to come a point where you have to start to load up that tissue yeah. in an isolated fashion to start yeah. to build that specific strength back. Yeah. What is the pain tolerance that you are allowing yourself to go to? Yeah. Because I think in an instance where you've had an injury, you're not just going to start to rehab that that tissue and it's going to be completely pain-free because there's obviously damage there. There's inflammation That's there. Correct. There's blood products in there that are... Yeah, scar tissue. tissue in there. So there's probably going to be some level of discomfort in the early stage of rehab that from a mental perspective can be quite challenging for some people to overcome. They might look at that and be like, oh, it's only going to make, it's just making it worse. I feel it. So this isn't beneficial. Yep. Do you think that's correct? Or do you think there has to be a scale where it's okay? If it's a one to three, that's fine. Yeah. If it starts to go beyond the three and it starts to become quite painful, then obviously... Yeah we stop there and we just keep it at that lower threshold. Yeah, so with mine, I mine was obviously pretty basic to start off with and realistically you wanna look at it, just what you said, any, starting between one to three pain threshold. If it maintains like that, you might do four sets of a certain exercise and it's okay, it's not getting worse, perfect, fantastic. I think if it starts to get worse as they go on, then I think, okay, we need to pull back on that. Maybe we need to, drop the load or something. Yeah. Maybe we need to drop the sets or the range. Something needs to just give a little bit. With mine, as I've gone along through the weeks, we've started to incorporate new exercises, but I've actually, and this is the other point, the intensity has increased each week because I need to get stronger. So I need to put more load onto the leg extension, my squat, those type of things. Because realistically- There's you know, more of a time frame yeah, to, yeah, 100%. to get back yeah. to playing. Yeah, and if I, go back to playing without doing it, then the chances of me redoing it again are gonna be a lot higher. So when you have clients come in here and you know, it's just working within their means and if it means limiting their range of motion, say for instance, got back injury and they're doing some rack pulls, but it's super lightweight, just the bar. And okay, that's what you're working with. And your pain's two out of 10. And it's okay, sweet. I'm not going to get you deadlifting right now. Because I suppose it's integrating those movement patterns yeah. back in and getting them feeling safe and actually being able to load up those tissues. Tyrone said earlier, we've got to eventually start to progressively overload and add some kind of weight burn back into the area that's being injured in the first instance, yeah. right? And if you did it like if through doing a conventional deadlift or something like that, through doing your back, then it's okay, address the issue. Let's just pull it back. And I think the hardest bit, I know for me, and most likely for you guys, is regressing yourselves. Yeah. And I think Mark's been probably the big culprit of that with his bicep and stuff like that and other injuries with his squat. I think regressing people back and just getting them to understand that, look, we need to pull you back a little bit. Reason being is if we do it again, you're gonna re-injure yourself. Let's just integrate those movement patterns back in where you're actually hinging properly or squatting properly or benching properly. Yeah. That's gonna make them move better. And then realistically, when they go to do it in the future, they're not gonna get injured. And I think just going on, if it's around a joint, if it's, if, it's a back, if it's a back injury or a knee injury, it's just looking at, go, okay, let's get everything strong around it. Mm. Let's, and then we can look at going, you know, maybe integrating bigger movements. So you, mm. you might 
let's say someone's got a knee. Okay, let's get some. Let's do some leg curls. Let's do some leg extensions. Some calf raises. All the things that are going to impact the knee and how that knee tracks. Or even some. To be fair, even some making sure your glutes are quite active because that'll help with hip hip stabilization. And then you can once you're feeling pretty confident, pretty competent on that, then you can integrate those bigger movements. And again, it's just on that regression. Like, how far do you need to regress? As far as you need to. Is how long is a piece of string? Yeah, and I think on Muddy's point with with Mark and I'm exactly the same. Like I find it hard to not push myself to return faster. Like with my injury, it was supposed to be 16 weeks and it was best case scenario 12. And in my head, I was like, okay, we'll do 10. I was like, some somebody's got to break break the average and do it sooner. So like I was always. I suppose willing to put myself at that risk of pushing more and i think not everybody's wired that way right some people have a much more cautious approach like tyrone said earlier people might touch the area or feel the slightest little thing in the area and steer away and freak out whereas for me personally i'm kind of like now i'm gonna i'm gonna push to the limit and try and get back sooner and that's not necessarily the best approach either but i think another thing to consider within that is also somebody's base level of strength where they're at as well mm-hmm. in terms of what your starting point looks like. So obviously for the likes of me and yourself, we already had a very good base to work from regardless of the injury, which means that we could probably start to push harder sooner. Mm-hmm. As long as the majority of symptoms have subsided, it allows us to start to ramp things up yeah. a little bit earlier. Whereas I think with clients, that process might be a little bit slower, whether it is more that mental aspect and getting across the line of oh but i still feel it when i do x or whatever that might be and going back to what you said in terms of regressions it's okay let's just start with what's super comfortable where you feel no stress no strain on the area whatsoever we'll start there we'll build some base level strength with that and then we'll make your next progression Whereas for me, I was like, man, just let me start deadlifting. Yeah. When I've got a grade four hamstring rupture, which is just stupid. Well, my biggest, going back to what you just said with regressing yourself, and I did mine and six weeks, or I got told I was eight to 12 weeks till I'm coming back. So I thought, sweet, eight to 12 weeks, back playing, awesome, normal. Then I got told after the surgery, two weeks in, that I can't actually start loading the bad quad until week six. I'm thinking, six weeks of strength in my quad that's not long so realistically it's 16 weeks what you just said and it goes back to as well like finding that area where it's like okay does that hurt no okay perfect let's go ahead with that sometimes and i've done it before where i've touched the area and it just might be a muscle contraction yeah but you because you've got that fear in your head and that's what t said before you've got the fear in your head of oh am i gonna do it again am i gonna do it again and just relax it's muscle contraction Mm. it's not you doing it again you can't do it again from walking, yeah. so just chill out. Yeah, I think the the beauty of being in the gym is you're fully in control of yeah. what you do and how you load it and whether you challenge yourself more or regress things a little bit further. Whereas if it's return to play and you're on the field and it's a lot more unpredictable, then you obviously want to have built up that confidence that the area is fully rehabbed and it's where it needs to be to get back to that because there's instances that happen where you are completely out of control. Yeah. And I think for clients, let's say, being able to manage those constraints a lot more specifically when we're in the gym 
should help build that confidence a lot sooner for them because we can manage things accordingly and progress regress whereas where we see fit should i say yeah but i think as well just getting them like even forcing them to progress as they're comfortable yeah and just pushing them outside their comfort zone will get then give them the confidence to when they're walking around day to day let's say they've done their ankle and i had a client that did their ankle and just building that confidence walking around and not being afraid of falling over the tram tracks like they did initially it's like okay you're in a better place now we're going to get you there and it's you're going to be better off than you were the first time because more often than not again unless you have that real self-drive you a lot of people will steer away from it from it and go oh you know i've that that that, that let's just leave it there i've got pain mm. like what sort of pain and i think those constant questions that like a lot of us will ask what sort of pain is it it's just it's like i think you're okay that's that's that looks like your calf is working yeah. right on the calf raise which is going to help strengthen your ankle mm. right that's not a, that's not any that's probably not a pain you need to be worried about right now so i think just yeah doing those things and helping push people outside their comfort zone and progress them even when they feel like they might not want to so i think there's always going to be a bit of give and take as well yeah it's going to give people that more confidence around it comes down to trusting the practitioners and the people you're working with that they're doing the right things to help you progress. So whether it's us from the strength elements and progressively overloading specific exercises or the advice that the physiotherapist gives in that initial stage of starting to work back towards something and having the confidence in those people who are trying to help you that they know the parameters at which they're progressing you are correct for you. But then also having the body awareness to bring up when you are feeling certain things, whether you think it's good or bad, making sure that you make your coach aware if you are feeling- It's communication. Yeah, 100%. Like you might be feeling a little bit of discomfort, but then us as a coach might say, hey, look, that's to be expected, that's normal. If it gets worse than that, and if it gets to, like we talked about pain threshold, if you feel like it's getting four or five on a scale of one to 10, or you, you don't feel like you can do any more reps or whatever it might be, like communicate that to us because then we can adapt and modify the rehab process based on those yeah. parameters as well. Even the recovery process, like if you feel like that you can't move the next day, like right. how are you recovering from what we did yeah. as well? And it's yeah, going off that, that's, you want the muscle to fatigue eventually. Not maybe not at the start, like I know when I did mine, I didn't, we wanted no fatigue whatsoever, but eventually you want your muscle that's injured to fatigue because realistically that's a stress on the muscles so then it's going to yeah. cause adaptation it's going to get better and it's going to get better the, stronger the tissue tolerance correct right. yeah but so if we can like nutrition's important regressing and progressing over the injury and then overall i think just strength training whether it be as a preventative measure or as a recovery measure is going to be your best bet and that goes whether it be for tendons muscles joints, bones, even if you look at the statistics of the elderly and, and, and those that do a hip, the less likely, the more strength training they have done in the past, the less likely they are to injure a hip in a fall. Mm. And then if they have, then they do need surgery, then the better recovery time they're going to look at as well. So it's not just for athletes like you guys or for bodybuilders or powerlifters, it's for general life, I think at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So 
Yeah, awesome. I think just in in closing, let's just discuss some supplements that might be able to support certain injuries. So if we look at more kind of bone type injuries, what type of supplements would you prescribe to help support the recovery of those things? Uh, I think the big ones you'll be looking at is just as overall bone strength. A big thing is one is going to be strength training, but the supplement wise is going to be your vitamin D, your magnesium, mm. calcium as well. So I think an all around multivitamin plus some added vitamin D, or if you're outside, just get out in the sun as well. A good magnesium, you'll be looking at like a magnesium bisglycinate or an orotate, um, yeah, one of those ones are going to be beneficial. I do have a real left field one, deer antler velvet. Oh, yeah, I've heard about mm. that. What's that one? Yeah, yeah. Deer antler velvet. It's made from deer antlers. Deer antlers. Yeah. So it's, Sounds quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. I've the, never used it, but I have heard about for it. For all the ethical people, deers shed their antlers and they grow new ones. So I'll do that. Yeah, oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I looked into okay. it because someone actually asked me that. That's good. So it's actually made from deer antler and I think it's an, an eastern herb. Anyways, I've used it with someone that had, it was in an ATP labs product that I used to use mm. and it really helped some a client that I had years ago even before I was here and he said a lot of information and helped with the range of motion on a, a knee that he had multiple surgeries on as well so I rate it, it can be quite difficult to get um, but yeah I've used it before and I, I like it another good one is your omega-3s yep. yeah omega-3s can help with the obviously inflammation bring the inflammation down but there are studies showing that it will help improve range of motion as well then the big one is Kirkman. I mean, the list goes on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, Kirkman anti-inflammatory. So that touches on bone issues. What about like muscle, ligament, tendon type issues? I think much of the same. Really, I think much of the same. Like maybe throw a bit of collagen in the mix. Bit of collagen in there. Yeah, bit of collagen. That was going to be the other one. I was going to say a bit of collagen, but definitely again, I think the basics are going to be the best ones. So your omega threes, your magnesium, your multivitamins. Making sure you get a around all the micronutrients and then those anti-inflammatories again your omega-3s and your curcumins and then for muscles and tendons a bit of collagen never goes astray so i don't know you guys any other ones no, any covers, other ones that you've been covers most of the bases i think yeah just take yeah. that off. and then if you want to get real fancy a bit of deer antler velvet that's it okay gentlemen i think we'll wrap things up here thank you both for joining me today it was nice and muddy to finish his haircut a little bit short and <laughs> get here on time oh, I, think, I think he might be going back to get that one finished off tomorrow oh, yeah. it was a quick job i had to get here <laughs> that's it right yeah. i can tell i thought um, james just sit at the back <laughs> with a piece of glass <laughs> for the listeners or the viewers if they want to find you guys where are they looking tyrone you find me on instagram coach underscore folino that's f-o-l-i-n-o otherwise you find me down at enterprise fitness 381 swan street where i generally spend a lot of my time yeah awesome and for you maddie yeah same so on instagram matt crooks pt and then 381 swan street richmond beautiful thank you guys for joining me on another takeover of the wolf's den as you can see we do have one of our enterprise diet books in the frame here which is just been released by the owner and founder marco tobre so if you do want to learn more about nutrition then feel free to purchase the book. You can either purchase it in-house at Enterprise if you're based in Melbourne or theenterprisediet.com is another place you can go to get your copy. Until next time. Train hard. Supplement smart. Very good. Testing. Well Wait. done.